So, I, I was, uh, I had this thought like uh, 10 or 12 days ago, and it was the question that we ask all the time when we see somebody, hey, how are you? How you doing? You, you doing, you, you okay? How you doing? You know, however you ask that. Uh, and we usually answer that question sort of without thinking. So most of the time we'll say okay, even if we're not, or we'll say we're fine or we're good or, we're, you know, a lot of times. But at times like these and in these kind of situations that we're in now, I, a lot of times I don't think we, we know how to answer that question um, or what it looks like. Or maybe um, you're not ready for how people answer you sometimes and you can get a wide variety of responses instead of okay, which is what we're generally looking for. People can... People can start crying right in front of you, or all sorts of things can happen. Or I asked somebody how they were doing and a couple of weeks ago, and they, the person actually got mad at me and said, I wish people would stop asking me that. And I, I could appreciate the, the response, because um, I, I get it, but it wasn't meant to be, you know, invasive or anything. It was sort of a, we sort of use it as a greeting more than anything else. How are you doing? So what I want to do is give you a, an answer to the question when somebody asks you, how are you doing? Um, and this answer, you may not say it out loud, you could, I guess, but you don't have to, but it's what I want you to think. I would encourage you to think for a little while, because I think when you think this answer, when you're asked that question, it will be something that comforts you uh, in this process. So in a moment, I'm going to be talking about olives, believe it or not. But um, before we get there, I, I thought with that in mind, I would use that uh, for the bad jokes for the day. If you haven't been here before, we always start with a couple of bad jokes, so... Uh, I thought I'd get them right out of the way. So there were two olives on the table. One fell off. The one olive that was still on the table yells down to the olive on the floor, Hey, are you all right? And the olive on the floor responds, Olive. Olive. So, so, <laughs> I, I, we got a lot of guests here today, and I apologize. But the... Listen, so we're still sending out a lot of volunteers. The Bayside group is here again uh, with a big team. And uh, Christ Fellowship is here with a big team. Thank you, guys. Um, and uh, Coral Ridge Presbyterian was in earlier with a big team. And so uh, we're just uh, thankful that you're here and, and uh, glad that you're joining us. So this uh, guy was on a game show. He was on his final question. All he had to do was answer the question right, and he would win a million dollars. And the game show host says to him, all right, for your final question, what are the names of three of Santa's reindeer? The man grinned and said, Dasher. And the game host said, yes, correct. The guy says, Comet. And the game host says, correct. What's the last name? And the man yells, Olive. And the game show host looks at him confused and said, why Olive? And the contestant looks at him strangely and says, don't you know? Olive, the other reindeer, used to laugh and call him names. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get to the answer for how you doing. How you doing? Here it is. Here's the answer I want you to think about. When somebody asks you how you're doing, you can either say it or think about it. I want you to say, like a green olive tree. Like a green olive tree. How you doing? Like a green olive tree. And we'll talk about why. Let's get into our scripture reading. Psalm 52, verses 8 and 9. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever. 
because you have done it. And in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name, for it is good. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Now, um, I've shared with you in the past that when, oftentimes when God is trying to get my attention, among other things, He gives me sort of very visual sort of things for me to see. Uh, and I, I spoke to a few weeks ago about, you know, right after the storm, how all these churches were coming in in their t-shirts, and it was spelling out something to me very clearly about what was taking place, and I, I'm not going to go over that again, but I shared that with you. Um, but so over the last few weeks, we've been making a lot of food around here. We've been feeding people pretty much nonstop every day. And so I'm back there cooking quite a bit. And one of the things that we had um, to cook with was big jars of green olives. Um, and I had them back there, and, and they looked really good to me, the green olives, and I started adding them to everything, and people enjoyed it. I was putting them in rice, I was getting fancy with stuff, and we were putting them with pasta, and we were just doing a lot of green olives. And people were talking about how good it was, and how much they liked green olives. So when I read that psalm a couple of weeks ago in my morning devotion, it really just popped out at me, and I, I felt like I, you know, there was something about it that I needed to spend some time with, and really think about that, that those things don't happen by coincidence, that there was something going on in the process. So I went and started to research it. So point number one is this, what is a green olive tree? What is a green olive tree? And it's fascinating when you begin to do the research about green olive trees. So, uh, because the tree is, is, is one of the most remarkable trees that there is. Most of us are not too familiar with olive trees because we don't have a lot of them growing around us. And, um, and so we're, we're not really, sh you know, sure about olive trees. But in Israel and that surrounding area, olive trees are everywhere. And so it's a big part of what they do. And so we read about them quite often in the Scripture. And they're found covering the mountainsides throughout Galilee and Judea and Samaria. And they're really amazing to look at. If you ever get a chance, they're, they're, they're huge um, in their leaf area. And, and they're all sort of gnarled up um, in their trunk area, and they grow these huge root systems. And it's not unusual for uh, an olive tree to have a root system that's 2,000 years old. They live virtually, there's a picture of an olive tree. So they live virtually um, forever, and they're really amazing trees. So very ever they're evergreen, they're very green all the time, very plentiful. Uh, they're in Israel, and they're known for their tenacity and how well that they last. They grow in almost any condition. Uh, they grow on, in terraced hills. They grow in valleys. They grow in rocky or fertile soil. Fertile soil. Uh, they can thrive in great heat. They, um, with a minimum of water, they are virtually indestructible. indestructible. So here's some other fascinating stuff. Olive trees are planted in and around vineyards throughout the ancient world. So whenever I see things like that, because we're a vineyard, I start thinking that there's some things happening. And one of their functions, why they do that, is the olive trees actually help to shelter the grapevines against strong winds. We just had a pretty strong wind, right? And what they, they do is they, they buffer them from the wind so that they don't stop being fruitful. The vineyards need to be able to um, pollinate everything, and the, the wind messes that up. And so it keeps them fruitful in the process. So, so that's pretty interesting. And here's another thing that popped out of me. After the flood, and we've experienced that, do, do you know what it was that um, 
was returned to Noah by the dove that uh, let him know that the flood was over, it was an olive leaf because the olive tree had survived the flood. Genesis 8.11, when the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. And so Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth and whatever else had, you know, sort of succumbed to the flood, the hardy green olive tree was still alive. So I, I start thinking about connections to us and why we need to answer when we're asked how we're doing. Well, I'm like a green olive tree and, and uh, in the process. Another thing that I think is really interesting is that the second point in your notes is that Jesus liked to hang out among the green olive trees. He liked to hang out among the olive trees. How do I know? Well, the Bible says so. Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. So it was their custom to go and hang out at the Mount of Olives, which is called the Mount of Olives because it's a Mount of Olive Trees, all right? That's how it's got the name. Um, and literally, the, the Garden of Gethsemane, um, where he not only went for that last night of, of you know, intense prayer of his earthly ministry, but it was a place where they used to go there in the, the Mount of Olives, and um, it literally means olive press. So this was a place where Jesus and his disciples would hang out. They would hang out among the olive trees uh, there together. And so I think like a green olive tree, very cool, Jesus likes to hang out with us. And we get to enjoy the fellowship of Christ in the process. So it's a reminder to me, how we doing? Uh, you know, how you doing? Well, I'm like a green olive tree. And, and uh, you know, we, uh, we're, we're hanging in there. And we're in fellowship with Jesus. And he's got us. And he always will. And we're his disciples. And so it's going to be all right. Third thing is that the green olive tree... Um, is a source of light, and among other things. It had medicinal purposes. It had a lot of impacts, but it was used, its oil was used to light things up. Exodus 27, 20. Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light so that the lamps may be kept burning. And so like a green olive tree, we're a source of light for the world. It's one of the things that we're called to. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds, and praise your Father in heaven. The Apostle Paul said this in Philippians 2, 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. I should stop before I read on, because you can't just skip over a verse like that without making some sort of comment. Um, does Scripture sometimes get your attention? Did, did you even hear what I just read? Do everything. So when you read something like everything, you know what everything means? Everything. So it should get your attention right away without complaining or arguing. That's not always easy to do. It's sort of the goal. But uh, I was thinking I had conversations, and I've been sort of telling you guys, it's very easy right now at this stage in the process to get irritable about a lot of things. And little things will, will seem much bigger than they are. And, um, and yet here we're, we're exhorted by Paul to do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of 
life. So, so we're the light of the world, shining like stars, holding out the word of life. That's sort of what's supposed to be happening through us. Now, obviously, you know, we're going to fall short sometimes because I don't do everything without complaining or arguing, and God knows that, and He's at work in me. And so I would like to get to that spot, but that's not, that's not happening yet. There's, I do plenty of complaining and uh, plenty of arguing, and I do quite a bit of that with Him. So He knows, He's aware that that's happening. But um, we're, we're to be aware of those things so that we can be a source of light in, in a very dark world. And that we are encountering people all the time who need to be introduced to the light that is shining through us in Christ. And that happens as we hold out the word of life. And so the word of life, it's the good news. Uh, it's the gospel. We talked that about that a lot here, but it's very important as a believer that you understand what the gospel is. I read something just before the storm um, that just shocked me was that only 4% of believers could identify the gospel. 4%. 4 out of 100 people could say, well, this is the gospel. This is the good news. And so I, I uh, you know, I doubled up my efforts. We always talk about it here to make sure if somebody asks you the gospel, you know the verse. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. And you can have an idea of what it is. Paul said, I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's the message that people need to hear and respond to in faith in order to come into the kingdom, into relationship with God. They have to make that connection. That, that, that's why it's good news, because the bad news is that all of us have sinned, and our sin has separated us from a perfect holy God. We can never get back to that state in our own strength because we've sinned. So we're no longer perfect. You can't get back to perfect by being good. We live in a culture that thinks that the, I, the way that you get connected with God is by being a good person. That's all that really matters. And I encourage you to be good people. Don't, don't hear me saying don't you, because you need to be, but mostly as a witness. But, but we can't get back. So because of this problem, God made a way. And what he did is God came. You know, that story's coming up. That's a Christmas story. Uh, and he came. Um, and, and fully God, fully man, he lived the perfect life that we couldn't. Uh, and he lived it on our behalf. He lived it without sin. And then he died for our sin. He willingly went to the cross. Uh, and according to the scripture, all of that was said, this is how it's going to happen. Uh, he, he died there, uh, shed his blood, which paid for our sin. He was buried, so you need, he, he died. Some people want to say, oh, he just fainted or something. He died, buried. And then he rose again on the third day, according to the Scriptures. When he did that, um, that whole process, it made a way for us to be reconciled to God. Because what God chooses to do now is to see all who believe in the perfection of his Son. And that's the amazing good news that we have to give to the world. That's the word of life. That our sin has separated us from God, but God has made a way for us to be reconciled to God. And it's happened in Christ. And so that's what we hold out to the world around us. And that's why it's important that we allow God to work in our lives in a way that that light is shining through us. So we get opportunities to share this gospel, this good news. It's our mission. It's our purpose. It's the reason we don't get zapped up into heaven the moment we figure it out. Because, you know, you're, you get this and you figure it out and you come in faith and then you're, you're ready uh, to be with him forever. But he says, listen, now, now we have purpose. We have mission. There's things we want to do. Everybody needs to hear this message uh, of good news. And so that's what it's all about. 
and what we need to know. And that's the word of life we hold out. Fourth, so that we can be faithful and fruitful. And the green olive tree represents those two qualities, faithfulness, fruitfulness. Psalm 52, 8, I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. So no matter what the conditions, hot, dry, cold, wet, rocky, sandy, the evergreen olive tree lives and produces fruit. It actually, they actually say you can't kill an olive tree. Even if you cut it down and burn it, new, shirt, new shoots will emerge from its roots. It's fascinating, right? See, all of these things are like us, too, because once we've come to Christ, this life just goes on and on and on. This body's going to not make it, but when, when we go to be with Jesus or He comes to get us, we get brand new glorified bodies and we continue on with Him forever, just like that. So, so like a green olive tree, this passage reminds us that no matter what the condition of life or the circumstance of life, we need to remain steadfast as the olive tree in the presence of God. Evergreen, faithful, bearing fruit by living, by doing the next right thing, and holding out the word of life as God gives us opportunities to share that. See, see so, so that's why I think it's so important that we sort of grab a hold of this. And why I said to you, look, when someone asks you how you doing, I don't, I don't think you, you could, because we could get arrogant with saying like a green olive tree, you know what I mean? Uh, it may not be the best response. It may just be that we keep saying okay or not okay or whatever it is. But I want you to think it, because I think it's a, it's a great prompting to sort of remember who we are in Christ and that He's with us and that even in the most difficult of times, that God is with us and for us and that we can trust Him. And that He continues to do amazing things. We just need to be aware of them. I've been talking to you about the amazing ways that God keeps moving um, in our lives. And, and I, I said, you know, it will continue to happen. Um, so we had little things. I, this week, um, I shared it with Wednesday night, but it was a neat little story. So uh, Pete, who was here from Bayside as a project manager last week, he came to me uh, on like Tuesday and he said... Um, uh, We've got four chainsaws that aren't working, and my notes here say there's a guy named DJ who fixes chainsaws. How do I get a hold of him? And I said, well, DJ's in the military. He's going to be gone two weeks. So he looked at me. He said, well, what do we do? I said, here's what we do now. I said, let's pray. And I just, we just sat and I said, Lord, we need someone to fix these chainsaws, and we need it fairly quickly. So would you, would you make that happen? We prayed. And I said to him, listen, you're, you're going to be amazed at this, but within a few minutes, I, somebody's going to walk in. They can fix these chainsaws. Just watch. 30 minutes later, he comes up to me and says, yeah, some guy came in has all four of them running. I, you know, so it's like, how cool is that? And I had this thought that, that I, because I said, well, that's, this is what we do now. Well, that's what we're supposed to be doing all the time. We just, in different circumstances, we sort of get away from it because we just try and figure out how to do it without asking. We go, oh, well, we got four chainsaws. We'll go buy four new ones, I guess, or go, you know, we'll go take them somewhere. But we just pray, and, and, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. This is, this is how it's supposed to go in the kingdom. And, and you know, I, I guess based on the urgency, it may not happen in 30 minutes all the time, but it can happen. It happens constantly. We had, our parking lot was a big mess. Um, if you've been coming, you saw it. And, and the, when I first came back, the trees had blown over in such a way that even the exit drive was blocked. 
uh, and we couldn't get supplies in and out. And I prayed, Lord, I, I, I don't know how we're going to do that. I need to get that cleared out. And that was pretty much the extent of that prayer. And within a couple of hours, somebody came and blew out that exit drive. But it was still all over in the lot and looked terrible. And so I'd been praying last week. I said, well, God, we've got we to gotta get those trees out. We've been so busy doing everything else. And they were too massive to cut. With, you know, I'm like, well, I'm not sure how we're going to do it. And so I, I started, you know, I was praying and I kind of was... I was shaking the tree a little bit, trying to find somebody with some big equipment that we could hire. And I'm, so I'm making a couple of calls, you know, and hey, and, and I, I found a friend who knows some of those guys. I said, can you go and talk to them for me? And uh, he said, yeah, yeah, I'll try. They're all really busy. I said, I know. I don't, I'm not looking for something for nothing. I'm happy to hire them. I just need to think we need to get it started. And I was praying. He went and talked to him, and he said, they're all really busy, but they told me about this guy who comes down who subcontracts for FEMA and he said, to give him a call, maybe he can, maybe you can get a hold of him before he swings into getting really busy. So we called him, and he called us back and said, okay, I'll, I'll come over Monday morning and meet with you. So I was out in the parking lot, he, he called me, and he said, come in, and we drove around, and I showed him all this big mess, you know. He goes, oh, okay, he said, listen, um, I, can, I can give you a day, I'm not going to charge you, why don't you just pray for us? And I said, I've been praying for you. But I'll pray for you right now, and I will continue to pray for you, and that sounds amazing. And so four big pieces of equipment rolled in within minutes and started working out there. And uh, they didn't finish after a day, and so he said, well, it was a little bigger than I thought. I'm going to give you another day. He said, just pray for us. I'm like, awesome. Day three rolls around. They still weren't quite finished. He said, I got to pull off here, but I'm going to give you another half a day. So two and a half days, and they... They came and got all the dead stuff that was laying everywhere that would have taken us forever to clean up. And I, I, it's just, you know, because he's doing those things. And so I know he's doing it in your lives too. Someone came and had asked for some pallets and I didn't have them. We couldn't get them there. And she said, well, can you get them when you can? And I said, sure, we'll take your name down. And we were trying to work it out. And she just came back to me a few minutes ago. She said, you know, when I got home, somebody had brought a whole bunch of pallets over to the house for me. So don't worry about it. It's all taken care of. I said, that's so cool. So, so that's why I'm encouraging you. Listen, just like a green olive tree, and we, we passed wristbands out. So I wanted you to have it so you could think about it. You know I like a wristband, right? And uh, it gives you some sort of contact. You just think about it like a green. How you doing? Like a green olive tree. I'm in the house of the Lord, and he's got me, and I know it, and he's, he's, he's in me in a way that I can be faithful and fruitful, and that's what I want to be, and I want to, I want to be a source of light in the world around me, and, you know, hold out the word of life when I get opportunities and live this thing out in a way that brings him glory. And even though sometimes, you know, I'm going to get a little upset and I'm not going to do it just perfectly, but God, you love me and you'll use me on the journey. And I want to be steadfast like a green olive tree. And, and we're going to make it through any conditions, wind and flood. We're just going to keep on because we've got him and we're his. And so I wanted you to think about that this week and I think it'll help you as we continue on. But that's it for me. If you're watching by video, thanks for doing that. Uh, if you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page. And we will be happy to pray for you. And we hope to see you soon. We are going to move into our time of extended worship. But I'd like to give everybody a little break before.